Lars Brandel, welcome to the Gab's Hottest 100 Craft Beers Countdown. It is my pleasure to be here. As we record this, um, you'll be following the Triple J Hottest 100 Countdown, which uh, inspired our craft beer equivalent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's sort of the soundtrack to Australia once a year. I mean, you get your friends together in the summertime, um, you have your beers, you have your barbecue, and you, you have the Hottest 100 playing in the background. The one advantage you've got is you can consume all 100 tracks uh, on the day and be fine. Uh, you've got to be a little bit more uh, circumspect with consuming some of the beers from the Hottest 100 countdown. Yeah, but to be fair, they do start it around midday. So it's they start at around beer o'clock, don't they? And um, <laughs> and it, 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 it builds up. I mean, the, the, the clever thing of, of this count, well, there are many clever things uh, rolled into this countdown, but if, as a countdown, it, it builds up to its crescendo, which is the number one. And they, always, they play the number one song twice. We get two hits of it. Um, but uh, and through the course of the day with your friends, with the excitement building, as you're drinking, you're hanging out, you, you're enjoying the sun, having a swim, um, you're, you're ticking those boxes. You're, you're, you're getting a sense of all of the biggest songs over the course of the year and then you reach the top 10. It, it feels like you're, you're listening to an Olympic sport. The Triple J Hottest 100 is the soundtrack to the Australian summer um, and it's, you know, it's been going since the 80s. Um, how important is it to the local music scene that we have this national focus on music one day every year? Well, it's seriously important. I mean, it's hard to, to really gauge just how important it is. Um, but I would go as far as to say that the Hottest 100 is, and, and certainly Triple J, um, they're both the envy of every music market around the world because Triple J, like really no other station I can think of, um, it connects with the youth of this country. And you can, its demographic is 18 to 24. And we see that reflected at music festivals, at summer music festivals. There's this, there's this incredible correlation between the music that you hear on Triple J plus the music that you you see dotted up and down the countdown of the Hottest 100 and the bands and the acts that play across Australia's summer music festivals. There's an incredible correlation there. Um, and a, a nerd could do a really, really great spreadsheet. I haven't done that. Um, but the <laughs> way that... The Australian music fans, younger fans, connect with Triple J is something that uh, that every music market, whether it was the UK or America or wherever, wished they had. They wish they had one of those those touchstones, that one of those grids like we have. We're very, we're really fortunate that Triple J has has managed to do that, um, and. There, this is slightly outside the hottest 100, but you also have this unearthed platform which, which um, feeds into and and uh, sort of allows younger Australian acts to migrate and mature into Triple J, and then now you have Double J, which is really a station to capture a, those music fans who've sort of aged out, let's say, of of Triple J. So there's a, there's this entire ecosystem. And the Hottest 100 sort of sits right in the middle. One of the things that fascinates me, that every year, the Hottest 100 craft beers that we're celebrating today as well, 
there's so much discussion. Um, there are people who are right into their craft beers that hate anything that's mainstream, that uh, you know does does well, and they just sort of see it as a popularity contest. And then there are people who think that you know popular craft beer should also be celebrated. I get the feeling that the Triple J Hottest 100 has its own controversies where there are people who are right into uh, the music scene that don't want stuff that is a little bit more commercially successful doing well. Is, is, that, is that fair? Oh, it's fair and it's accurate. So there, there was a, a controversy maybe a decade ago where Triple J through its social channels um, confirmed that Taylor Swift would not be on the hottest 100. You couldn't vote for, for Taylor Swift. And Swifties at the time threw a little hissy fit. But the reality was Triple J didn't play. They didn't play Taylor Swift music at all. Um, so it it would have it, it been a, a bogus poll if an artist had won it, having not been played on the network at all during the course of the year. Secondly, we live in a social media age and an artist like Taylor Swift, if you add up her... X account, only Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. She probably reaches a, a billion people through those channels. If she put out a message on all of them to say, "Please vote for this song on Hottest 100," it, it would it would compromise the it would obviously compromise the chart. So yeah, there are, there are probably safeguards in place, um, but well, there certainly are because there is only a certain number of songs that uh, you can actually. Um, you uh, put into that list every year and they have to be playlisted at some point by Triple J. So that removes the commercial end of um, or the mainstream end of of the poll because Triple J doesn't play that music. Yeah, and that sounds very, very much the same as what we, we see in craft beer where it, like it's, it's a craft beer poll so you don't get some of the more mainstream, um, bigger brands there because the, the idea is that, well, we, we need to celebrate craft beer and you, don't want the, you want to have a little bit of parity. Do you think that, that you know, it, does it provide an accurate snapshot of what the, music, the, the Australian music world is listening to um, in, in, in the year if you do exclude you know, someone who is a powerhouse like Taylor Swift? An economic powerhouse. Well, it gives you a snapshot of what people are listening to on Triple J. So it doesn't give you a snapshot of what people are listening to on Nova or any of the commercial networks. So Triple J, it's not pretending to be, um, you know, the, the, the mothership of all music in Australia, but it is the mothership of, of uh, many kids um, ages 18 to 24 and older and younger. Um, but look, really what the, the impact of the Hottest 100 um, it, it creates a talking point. You and I are talking about it right now. And January is, as we know in, in the media business, is the silly season. You're still, people are, uh, are still pulling their socks up from Christmas and New Year's. Um, the, the, the motors aren't running all that fast. And it's historically, um, it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere. It's the peak of summer here. There's not a lot going on in late January in Australia. Um, so the the hottest 100 brings a lot of attention to um, to music and artists, and it used to be with the the uh, the big day out, which at its peak was selling 330 thousand tickets, a third of a million tickets across its annual run. Um, they they coincided. So the hottest 100 and big day out was just this. Um, it was this banquet of music 
um, things have changed. Big day out's no longer here, and uh, the hottest 100 has moved from its traditional slot, which which is Australia Day. There was um, that, now that's another story. It's no longer uh, counted down on January 26, but it still has a very important place in uh, in the Australian landscape, and we know that because. We, we can see how many votes are cast and we're talking upwards of 3 million a year. Triple J uh, often calls it the world's biggest music democracy with more than 3 million votes cast. It's pretty impressive. Um, and as I said earlier, you, you, see, uh, you see a reflection of those artists on festival bills, on music bills. If you're a, if you're a concert promoter and you have an Australian act landing three songs in the hottest 100, you know that they're going to be connecting with a, a, a concert audience as well. So it gives journalists something to talk about. It gives the industry something to talk about. It gives the artists something to show off if they, if they, uh, if they crack that list. So every, every press release um, from an artist going forward who, who lands in that hottest 100, they will let you know in that press release that they had a, a song crack the hottest 100. That look, that, that sounds like if you put uh, craft beers, the hottest 100 craft beers, it's exactly the same thing. It's great for the industry. Everyone's talking about it. The industry's talking about it. Consumers are talking about it. And how can that be a bad thing? Last question for you before I let you go. Do you have a tip for what's going to be the number one hottest song uh, of, of the year? I have no idea. I know that it's very close right now. So I would, I'd hate to be a tipster because I'd end up <laughs> being horribly wrong and this podcast will live on forever. So I, I actually don't know. I've, I've no idea. Um, and I've historically been really bad at picking the winner of the hottest 100. Um, I mean, when Ocean Alley won with confidence. Okay, well, I won't ask you to pick the Hottest 100 uh, beers winner then either, but what beer are you drinking uh, or will you be celebrating with? Oh, it would have to be the Brick Lane Pale Ale. That that would be the one. The yellow can. <laughs> Brick Lane, that's the Brick Lane One Love? Yep. There you go. I'll say one more thing about the Hottest 100, which might be interesting for your listeners. The other thing uh, we could look at um, with the Hottest 100 and how it's grown over the years is the multiple spin-offs. You have this 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 idea of a countdown, um, but actually now it's the hottest 100 split across two days. It's the hottest 200, so you get two bites of the cherry. But there are also hottest 100 lists for albums. There are hottest 100 of the decade. There's... Um, hottest Australian song. So there's there's every different way you can you can cut this. Uh, Triple J has tried it or is thinking of trying it. There's also a fundraising element to this, which is pretty neat. And, and Triple J has raised millions of dollars for charities by selling merchandise with the logo of Hottest 100. So it's a neat story. Great story. Well, thank you very much for joining us and uh, talking all about it. And uh, in, enjoy both countdowns. You too. Thanks, Matt.